Hi everyone, just want to say a massive thank you for choosing to listen to my little show called Spill It. Spill It is filmed live every Wednesday at 7pm via Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Viewers can interact with the show by leaving comments. For more details of Spill It, head over to the Facebook hub at www.facebook.com forward slash spilling it. So however you're listening to this, make sure you sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to Spill It. So Spill It is my show uh, where we look to uh, connect people, we look to inspire, we look to learn, and we look to teach each other as as well. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at, uh, which is named The Watcher's Guide to the Slayer. Uh, So this episode will be all about absolutely amazing TV series, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is obviously based on uh, a film, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But this, uh, we are going to be talking about uh, the TV series. So make sure that you have hit that share button and you uh, have shared it onto your wall. You tag your friends in here as well. Uh, it'd be absolutely brilliant to welcome people into the uh, into the community, into the show that we've got uh, here. Uh, all this is for is to try and spread a little bit of positivity uh, keep people smiling, uh, and as I said before, looking at those four principles of Spill It, we look to connect uh, to each other, we look to inspire each other, uh, we are looking to learn, and we are looking to teach too. Uh, I can see a couple of people have started rolling into uh, rolling in already, uh, and we'll jump onto them comment, that comment section very, very shortly and welcome some more people into the fold. Um, so as you are doing, guys, please keep those, those comments rolling in. You'll be able to see your comments live on air uh, every time that you put a comment through. So please keep those comments rolling through all the way through, and we actively ask for questions. So uh, what have we got today? So today we have got Lisa joining us at 7.15 p.m. Um, but right now we are going to go through some positive news. So as I said before, make sure that you are asking questions in the comment section because we will be reading them out for you as well. Okay, so what are the top five things that have happened in June? In fact, in fact, before we get into that, this is episode one and I'm rushing it. And we don't want to rush this. We want to relish it. We want to relish that time, don't we? So uh, everybody is saying hello. So let me jump into that comment section. Where are we? Who have we got? We have got Scott. Scott says, yo, hi, Scott. Hope you're okay. Uh, Stuart, hi, Stuart. Evening. Gail is there giving us a nice little smiley face. Hope you are, Gail. Amber's giving us a hey. Hey. (laughs) And we have got Linda. Linda is saying evening. Evening, Linda. Hope you're okay. Guys, uh, as you can see, those comments, I can ping up on this uh, screen and make it look all professional. So make sure that you are putting those comments on there. Uh, and I will obviously bring them uh, bring them up so everybody can see your wonderful faces and your wonderful comments as well. Keep things positive, guys. And as I said before, make sure that you're sharing. It is very, very, very important. Um, I will be looking away from the camera every now and again. I'm not being rude. All I'm doing is I'm looking at my laptop because I'm recording with my phone. And I'm also looking at my laptop where I can obviously pull up all the comments as well. So obviously, if, uh, if you do see me looking away, it's not that I'm being rude. It means that I'm being resourceful. <laughs> so 
Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Amber's saying, hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. Uh, uh, oh, and Lisa backstage. Lisa is waiting backstage patiently uh, for another 10 minutes to jump on. But Lisa is uh, tagging her friends. There we go. So there we go, guys. Okay, so let's head over to our positive corner, shall we? What are the top five things that happened in June? Well, uh, in June, cycling in the UK has seen a 200% surge. What does that mean? Well, so uh, the coronavirus pandemic and subsequent lockdown has led to a 200% surge in cycling in the UK. According to Transport Secretary, he said, despite fewer people travelling over the last few weeks during, the, uh, during this crisis, we've actually seen around a 100% increase in weekday cycling and at weekends, uh, the, uh, and, oh sorry, and at weekends, that increase has been up to 200%. We want to use this recover recovery to permanently change the way we travel. Great news, right? So people are getting their bikes out. They're obviously going shopping and they're obviously getting more bikes. And we are cycling more, which is great. It's great for the planet. And um, so we're all about that positivity, guys. Make sure that you are putting some comments uh, in the comment section about each of these points as well. And we will go through them. So what's number two on our list for our positive news? Well, number two, yoga is trending. And I wonder why yoga is trending. Well, yoga has emerged as a uh, has has emerged as a force for unity. And it does not discriminate as it goes beyond race, colour, gender, faith and nations. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, the world is feeling the need for yoga more than ever. Yoga enhances our quest for, the health, for a healthier planet. It has emerged as a force for unity and deepens the bonds of humanity. Anybody can embrace yoga. As yoga boosts the immune system of the body, yoga, um, sorry, or breathing exercises strengthens our re uh, respiratory system as well. It is more relevant to uh, in the current times as it is the respiratory system of the body that is most adversely affected by the COVID-19 virus. So number three on our list, being kind is good for you. Who knew, right? So being kind is actually good for you. And here is why. So. Acts of kindness have flourished during the lockdown, as evidenced by the number of volunteers signing up to mutual aid groups. Psychologists believe acts of kindness, whether that's baking bread for neighbours or delivering food to vulnerable people, can help givers, as well as receivers, become more resilient in a crisis. At the moment, so much has been taken away from us, but kindness is one thing we do have control over and is a positive distraction. So... This one is for you guys, for my listeners. Have you done something, uh, as a, have you been doing acts of kindness during lockdown or during this pandemic? Please let me know, put it into the comments or get in touch because I would want you to come onto the show to share that too. So what's number four on our list? Cleaner air, cleaner lungs. Oh, these are, uh, they, these are pretty much statements uh, and they go without, you know, they go without saying but really, cleaner air gives us cleaner lungs. So people in the UK with lung conditions, including asthma, have, have experienced reduced symptoms during the lockdown. 
That's according to the British Lung Foundation, which surveyed 14,000 people with respiratory conditions and found that one in six had noticed improvements in their health. Among children, the figure was higher, with one in five parents reporting their child's uh, condition had improved. The lockdown has led to a sharp fall in air pollution, which is linked to around 30,000 premature deaths in the UK annually. So it's great news. And last but not least on our list, we have money saving through lockdown. So uh, obviously lockdown happened. We all know that. Things, uh, we couldn't spend our money uh, elsewhere. Apart from me, I went heavy for online shopping. But uh, other people have been uh, have managed to save money during lockdown. So despite the economic uncertainty for what life after lockdown will bring, many Brits are feeling positive about their financial future. A survey of 2002 UK adults has found that despite the current COVID-19 crisis, 72% of Brits are feeling positive about life after the pandemic. The survey also revealed as a result of spending more time indoors and spending less on non-essentials. The average adult uh, surveyed claims to have saved £495 per month, with almost half of those aged between 25 to 35, saying they will put it towards a deposit on a house, which is, that's great. There's really, really positive news that. And that's what we're after. We're after those positive stories. And every single week, what I'll be doing is I'll be giving you pos the more positive news and other things around the world uh, that is happening to put a smile on your face. So back to the comment section. Let's see what you guys have been thinking about this week's news. So we have got uh, people saying evening, which is great. Um, so we have Scott. Scott has said, uh, <laughs> Scott said, I've not left the house, so my money is being spent less. Um, although I did buy a camper van. Yes, you did, Scott. Well done. Uh, I would love to, in fact, Scott, I would love to have you on the show at some point so we can obviously discuss your camper van in detail and talk about everything that you've been doing during lockdown as well. Uh, Lynn says, not me, and I'm assuming that's to do with uh, the uh, spending money. Uh, yeah, well, same. I've not saved a penny. I have been spending it on Amazon and everywhere else. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I've uh, I've not I've I've definitely not so I've definitely not saved any money whatsoever. Um, so plenty of messages coming in as well. Uh, obviously, uh, thank you to the people that are wishing me luck. Uh, it is you know it's very appreciated. I, I I feel the love, guys. I feel the love. Uh, but just make sure that you are sharing this onto your wall. Make sure that we are bringing people into the community as well, uh, and get attacking those people in threads too. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's all positive, guys. And all I'm wanting to do is share positive messages with you guys, too. What we are going to be doing is today's episode, which is quite apt, actually, because... Uh, so we are called Spilling, uh, which is obviously about spilling tea, spilling the beans on everything that we... You know, what we have a passion for and things like that. Um, and today's episode, we are going to be talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The woman who saved the world a lot. Lisa is here and she will be taking us through uh, the episode, uh, sorry, the, the, the TV series, which is, which is great. But look at my little mug today. So we have a little coffee mug here, which is the bronze. 
Uh, I'm hoping to get a different coffee cup for every time I do this show. And um, so if you have if you have any coffee cups that you want rid of, then please let me know. <laughs> I'm joking. I don't want a thousand coffee cups, please. Um, but yeah, so uh, if you uh, so yes, I've got my bronze coffee cup. The bronze uh, is the nightclub club bar bar. I'm gonna say a bar. Uh, it is the bar that is found uh, in Sunnydale, which is the home of our Slayer, uh, Buffy. Um, so Lisa will be joining us very, very shortly, uh, and she will be going through her, her rewatch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, so, as I said, guys, don't forget to leave your comments. Also, please let me know right now. Um, if you are leaving a comment and I am clicking on it, please tell me that you can see it, because that is the whole point. Um, I'm wanting you to be able to see the comments that are coming through. So uh, Lynn's just uh, dropped a comment now. So what we will do is it will pop Lynn's comment up there. And you can just please tell me, guys, if you see that comment there, if you can leave a comment in the uh, in the comment section and just let me know that you can see it there. Um, but, yeah, so we've got uh, Lynn. Lynn says that my Jamie Lee has just started watching the series, loves Buffy. Do you know what? This is the great thing about it as well. It's... One of those is a series that is it's it's timeless and they touch on so many different themes, which we're going to talk about today. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about it all today and uh, we will be um, sorry. <laughs> I've just seen I've just seen a message that's just that's just popped up. So, yeah, uh, it just made me laugh. That um, but yeah, so we're going to be talking about different themes about Book of the Vampire Slayer and um you know why it's so why it's a timeless series and why it was so popular as well. There was a first for many for the shows as well, which obviously we'll get into. But uh, one of the first was um, the uh, Jay Pearson has just put me off <laughs> uh, by leaving by leaving a comment, which I will click on very very shortly. But yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So the. Um, one of the first that Buffy the Vampire Slayer did was it was that it showed the very first uh, lesbian uh, kiss as well. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of firsts for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. They did push the boundaries quite a lot. And one of the boundaries that they did push we'll be going into as well, which happened later on in the series. Before we start, for anybody that has not seen... Oh, let me take Lynn's comments off. There we go. Before we start, uh, the... Um, we must say that if you have not watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where have you been for the last 20 years? Yes, 20 years. You don't feel old. Now you do. Um, but yeah, 20 years ago, Buffy the Vampire Slayer first aired. Um, if you have not seen it, please go and watch it. It is a timeless classic, and it is one that can be relevant throughout the ages as well. But uh, we will be talking spoilers as well. So, you know, is there a time frame? Is there a time frame in which you can talk about something and it's not because of spoiler? Uh, I feel like I feel like 20 years is probably a, a good time for, for being able to discuss it. But obviously, uh, we don't know. So if, for instance, you uh, have, haven't seen it, firstly, please go and watch it. But secondly, uh, we will be doing uh, we will be talking about spoilers. So, uh, you know, I don't don't worry. Uh, I don't want you to panic. Um, you know, it has been 20 years. But yeah, we will be talking about uh, certain things that happen throughout the show, which will inevitably be spoilers. Uh, so just before we bring Lisa into the room, because it's quarter past and she's waiting patiently backstage, uh, we're just going to quickly go through some of these comments. Uh, so Jay Pearson, Buffet, the Vampire Layer. This is the one that I was laughing at, guys. It was hilarious. 
Uh, but there you go. Thank you, Jay, for that. Thank you for making me seem really unprofessional. <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'm always unprofessional. Uh, and then we've got Ed. Ed has uh, shared that he watched Buffy when he was a teenager. Um, well, keep, obviously, keep up with this uh, as well, and please let us know uh, your thoughts and your uh, feelings on certain topics that we'll be discussing as well, because this is what it's all about. We will be talking, but we want you to interact with us, and we want you to give your thoughts and your views so that we can openly discuss it as well. The more that the conversation flows in the comment section, the more it helps us do our job. Uh, so we've got Lynn as well. Lynn, hi, Marcus. Uh, I'm Jamie Lee. Oh, so this is Jamie Lee. Uh, hi, Jamie Lee. So she's eight years old, and Buffy is a little scary, but really, really good. You keep watching it because she's a hero and she saves us all. Uh, right, so it is that time uh, where I have talked your ears off for 15 minutes, and we are going to hear from a good friend of mine. Uh, we are going to ask Lisa to come and spill it with us. So, hi, Lisa. Hi, you're right. Hi, you okay? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem, no problem. So, uh, it's nice to see you. Uh, you know, it feels like forever since I've seen you, Lisa. Um, but yeah, uh, so, you, <laughs> so you have recently, um, you have recently done your rewatch of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, yeah. After, when did you first start watching Buffy? So, I actually first started watching it probably when it first aired and I've actually watched it three times now um, wow. and it is one of those TV series I can go back and watch again and again and again um, the first time I watched it I didn't watch it with Angel so the last time I've, I've so now I've just done it I've actually watched it alongside Angel as well hi Scott so um, and, and it was good I was glad I did it that way that's something that I haven't done um, and you know, so you are more than happy. You are more than welcome to talk about spoilers when it comes to Angel. I am one of those people. I've not been. Um, I've not been watching Angel. I've watched. I think two episodes because they kind of link together with both the Vampire Slayer. I think both of the Vampire Slayer was like, again. We're talking about the first of Buffy. I think uh, it was one of the first TV series to kind of do interlocking episodes between two different series as well. Yeah. So what do so you? with them <laughs> sometimes <laughs> so tell us about so for anybody that's um at home and they're watching this show for the first time um tell them about a summary of what Buffy the Vampire Slayer is all about who is she what does she stand for everything like that over to you oh thanks um so Buffy basically moves to a new town um Sunnydale now she is actually a vampire slayer uh, we find that out, obviously, in the first episode. And we watch her and her friends battle the forces of evil. Um, uh, we don't... Uh, oh, sorry, carry on. <laughs> don't, yeah. <laughs> a bit strange. Um, we don't just sort of see her go through high school. We actually see her evolve into an adult. And I think that's such an amazing thing to watch because a lot of the themes we can actually relate to. Um, yeah. And... Basically, she ends up saving the world, and it's absolutely amazing. Um, and we do learn a lot from her. And even watching it, you know, 20 years later, there are so many themes that I can sort of relate to now. Um, and it's just such a good series. So if anyone hasn't watched it, genuinely give it a go, because there is so much that you can learn even from, you know, even now. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, the I was brought into the Book of the Vampire Slayer fold um, by one of my friends who um, she she was a very very like huge Book of the Vampire Slayer fan, and I. <laughs> I was told to to watch one episode, and I did. I watched I watched one episode, and that was that. I was hooked, and then I had to go out there and I had to buy the whole TV series. When I first started watching it, it was all on VHS, so I didn't actually watch it on the air dates. Um, so I was quite behind on it. Um, so I yeah, I had to watch it from the VHS tapes really. So I had to go I had to go out to the shops and buy the VHS tapes and uh, get watching them. And then, uh, for instance, one of the seasons would have finished. Um, and I wouldn't have had any clue about how I was going to get the next season. So yeah, it was uh, it was it was it was a bit of a an old, I feel old when I when I talk about that. You carry on talking because I'm going to just keep talking Hi. and making myself feel old. Yeah, it's um, it is crazy because you don't realise that it was 20 years ago because when you watch it again, there are still so many themes that are relevant. Um, I think Joss Whedon was so so good how he wrote it because it's always a theme that can relate to any time of the year, any sort of time in the future, anything. Um, I mean, you look at, again, sort of the first lesbian kiss on TV, which, you know, Willow and Tara, that was massive. Um, And, you know, I've only just recently learned that Willow was always supposed to be a lesbian. But again, when Buffy was first aired, it wasn't seen as sort of appropriate. And it's the same with um, sort of Cordelia. Cordelia was supposed to be played by a black actress, but the network didn't want to do an interracial relationship and show it on the on, on TV. And now you look back and you think that's crazy because nowadays that's normal. We we would be quite happy to watch that. Um, yeah, so yeah, so he was definitely sort of you know he he was clever and he knew what he was doing. And again, you've got sort of the, the things that Buffy goes through. Um, you look at when her, her mum died. That is known to be one of the best Buffy episodes ever. Yeah. but uh, So uh, the, the, that particular episode was the first. So Joss Whedon has always wanted to kind of push his boundaries. And um, the, the, the episode, The Body, which uh, is where, this is where my geek side comes out because I know all the episode names. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, in the episode, the body obviously when uh, when Buff- Buffy's mum passes away, um, we is the first episode and the oh, sorry actually the only episode uh, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer without music and it's all natural sound and he wanted to push the boundaries. So in season four, he did an episode called Hush, uh, which was so basically he's kind of what he wanted to kind of do. He wanted to kind of listen to what, what people were talking about um, and what the critics were saying about the TV show. Uh, and in the episode Hush, which we'll get into because Hush is my favorite ever episode of Buffy Vampire Slayer. Um, but yeah, with Hush, he was basically, one of the critics basically said to him that he was, um, he was reliant on uh, the, 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 the the speech of his characters and what they said. And that's the thing that moved the story forward. It wasn't the, uh, the story itself. It was basically how the characters were, were interacting and speaking to each other. So what he did to kind of combat that and be like, actually, no. And he pushed that boundary and he removed all of the voices. So that was the reason mm-hmm. behind Hush. Um, and then after, after Hush, he then 
was uh, wanting to push the boundaries and take away the music element. So Hush was very, very musical, if, musical in a way. There's an episode about that. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, but yeah, there's a, it was very musically put because obviously there was no speech. And then in um, the, the body, we took away the music side of thing and we had that raw emotion. And I mean, I am an emotional wreck at times anyway, <laughs> but... Uh, the the episode the body has to be one of the most emotionally draining episodes uh, and you really feel for the characters as well um so in regards to characters and obviously the character development and things like that um who which characters have you uh, during your watch uh, have have you related to the most which ones do you uh, which ones do you really like which of the big bads did you not like things like that do you know what it's difficult because if we go in terms of like the big bad i really i really liked spike as a character because spike is so sort of you know he he's so multi-dimensional because you either love him or you hate him you know there's a time how has jay never seen it we know what we're getting him for christmas um yeah, he, he's that character that you love, but also that character that you loathe, especially, you know, towards season six, because it's 50-50. Um, there's one particular episode that, you know, I'm not really going to talk about, but it gets quite heavy. Um, yeah. And, and that, that's quite, you know, you, you can, again, you can relate to that. And again, that goes back to the theme of, it doesn't matter what it is, Joss Whedon has probably covered it. Um, yeah. In terms of my favourite regular character, it's going to be Buffy. Buffy just, you know, she's amazing. She's such yeah. a good, good character to play. And she she nailed it. And Sarah Michelle Gellar nailed that character. I watched the, um, the movie last Saturday. I've seen that many, many times. And literally, it's almost like Sarah Michelle Gellar was just plucked and just, you know, she, she really was sort of... I don't know she's just mirrored I think it was Kirsten Swanson and it was just yeah. so good I loved it and you can see why it's sort of a cult classic um yeah, definitely. but I think as well with, I I like... with Buffy. sorry carry on okay, carry on you carry on uh, so with Buffy she Buffy is obviously the whole uh, switcheroo around gender stereotypes and things like that. So she is, she embodies, you know, the, the whole femininity. She, uh, she embodies woman, like woman power. And, uh, you know, Joss, uh, Joss Whedon was, a, a, he, he was a female activist. He, he wanted to, you know, he believed in women's rights and, and obviously uh, wanting to go against gender stereotypes and things like that, which is where Buffy obviously originated from. And rather than being the, the female uh, in distress, uh, the damsel in distress, Joss wanted the, the woman to be powerful. And obviously through, throughout history, we've seen uh, different uh, historic characters uh, become those heroines uh, and be the leading lady. So for instance, like Xena, warrior princess, like she's like a really strong female character. Um, you've, got, you've got different series that try to put the, the women first. And it's great to see. One of the things that uh, obviously we were talking, you touched on with Spike, was the the particular episode that I know that obviously uh, it'll be quite a bit of a touchy subject, and it is quite deep. And we, basically, he uh, he sexually assaults uh, Buffy, or, or at least attempts to. Um, so 
with that episode, um, you've got you've got the the fact that obviously I'm trying to find the right words to say it really, um, but yeah, you've got you've got the fact that he he tried to do he tried to do this to Buffy, and then it's well, what do what does what's right and then what's wrong. And obviously Spike was a character that a lot of people liked and a lot of people enjoyed. And, and he, he really, he resonated with a lot of people in, in, in a weird way. Uh, and people always were kind of drawn to him as a character. They preferred him over Angel and things like that, which to be fair, I disagree with completely, but that's a different story. <laughs> but yeah, a, a lot of people were drawn to Spike. Now, when you look at Spike as a character, he's a very, very problematic character. So he makes, uh, you know, gay stereotype slurs um, to to different characters throughout. Uh, he's violent to women. Um, obviously, there was the the sexual assault thing as well. Where do where do we why why do you think that people are drawn to a character like that with Spike, uh, for example? But then obviously bring that to everyday life, we wouldn't go near that person and that person would be somebody that we would tell our children to stay away from and things like that. So where do you think the where do you think it changes? I think you're hundred percent right. You know, when you have kids, you're always like, no, you stay away from that particular type of person. But that doesn't happen. In in an ideal world, you would stay away from that type of person. That type of person wouldn't exist. But I think the best thing about having Spike come to life in Buffy was saying, do you know what? This isn't right. This isn't what you need, but people can change. So a lot of the time you have it where a character's written in and they're a bad person and they're constantly a bad person. The good thing about Spike was he did redeem himself. Um, we, so it gives that sort of thing where, you know, you should give people a second chance, but where do we draw the line? Because you can give someone a second chance constantly and, and you know, they can mess up the same the same way. The good thing about sort of how Joss Whedon did it was, okay, this is what can happen, but the ending where he sacrifices himself, sorry guys, this is going to be a spoiler, sacrifices himself and saves the world, that's not going to happen in real life. So you can sort of look at it and be like, yeah, but this person's going to change. This person might, you know, that I'm in a relationship might attack me, but it will change. That's not going to be the case. And Joss Whedon sort of did, did the right thing where he was like, Spike's going to go now. But, you know, maybe the person who you're with, that's not going to happen. He's not going to go and save the world. And it makes you think, am I with the right person? Is the person that I'm with, is he going to be, the, is he going to change or is he going to continue to behave the way that he's behaving? And you can sort of take it to like different levels. So. I think Scott's, um, Scott's asked a question here as well, which is, uh, which is pretty good. So do you think it's to teach how to act around that type of person, uh, educate in a horrible situation? Um, not really. No, I, I personally don't think it is. Um, you can, because, if you looked at the way Buffy treated Spike, there were times when Buffy was absolutely horrible to Spike. And, you know, he he went back to her and he loved her and he kept telling her that he loved her. And he even said, you know, I'm not the man that you're going to love, but I want you to know I still love you and I would follow you to the end of the earth. Did she turn him against her to a degree? Because you have to look at it from both sides as well. I mean, he even left 
after obviously the sexual assault episode, went and redeemed his soul, came back and again followed her to the ends of the earth. And he comes back in Angel and Angel, again, is completely in love with Buffy. And Spike and Angel argue constantly. And Angel always puts Spike down to say, you will never, ever compare to what Buffy and I had. And, you know, the only thing Spike could say was, I can sleep with her and you can't. But deep down, he knows he will never, ever compare to how Angel and Buffy are. And Angel and Buffy are amazing. I mean, the amount of conversations you and I have had where I'm like, there needs to be just one episode where they just get back together. And you get that in Angel. Yeah, I think with, with Buffy and Angel, I think they're talking about their relationship dynamic. Um, they, they're supposed to be like the star-crossed lovers. They're supposed to be like the, the Romeo and the Juliet. And we know how that story ends. And anybody that gets compared to like the Romeo and Juliet effect, if you will, um, it, was, it was more the fact that um, they are supposed to be together, but they can't be together. And, you know, we, there's... there's it's the ultimate love, isn't it? It's, it's it's that feeling that no matter what happens, there'll always be that connection because they are they are chosen. They are supposed to be together. It's just unfortunate that they can't. Um, Emily's raised a very very good point here. Uh, I'm just going to ping this up for you uh, here. Uh, so uh, I think it was Josh reminding the viewer that he didn't have a soul, and deep down he was a monster. That way, the big reveal of him going and fighting to change himself was more of a surprise or shock. Um, they were in a very toxic relationship. I think people became attached to Spike as he always showed vulnerability and hope. And you know what? I just, I legit, I legit, Emily, I got chills then by reading that. Because uh, I think I think you have hit the nail on the head with that. And um, I think, I, yeah, I think, I think you obviously, you mentioned it as well, that they, it wasn't just Spike with to Buffy. Buffy was as toxic to Spike as well. Uh, and she, you know, the, there was, she used him essentially. She used him a lot um, to, to kind of feel. And she she looked at him as, she looked at him as a monster and treat him like a monster and treat him less than a human. And, you know, so he was except one and a half dozen the other. It was a very toxic relationship. And what Emily has just said there has really hit the nail on the head. Um, mm. So thank you for, thank you for sharing that, Emily. Um, Right, let, let's move away from uh, from from Spike and uh, from from Spike and Buffy because you know as much as I love talking about Buffy, I'm not really keen on Spike. My favorite character, I'm just going to put <laughs> my favorite character uh, out of the whole series has got to be Anya, Anya Emmanuel Emmanuel Hi. Jenkins Harris. Yes, uh, Anya has the best character growth in my opinion, of the whole entire series. She started off as a, a vengeance demon, purely there just to cause vengeance uh, and scorn men. Uh, and when obviously given her, like she had that power taken away from her and she became human, she had to learn the world and everything. That she, so she's the most honest person because she has no connection to those emotions. It's more like, a baby, if you will, like a child, like an infant, where they can't control what they kind of say because they don't have that filter like adults do. Anya was exactly the same. Anya was just like, but this is what I this is what I'm saying. These are the thoughts in there, and this is how it's coming out. And the reason that she was like that, because she had no connection with that, that human side, that humanity. Um, but then towards, you know, as the seasons grew and as, as the character of her grew as well, 
she turned she turned out to have the best character arcs um at, well arcs eh, maybe not arcs but the character grow yes uh anya will forever and ever be my number one rest in peace anya <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, and, and to be fair, speaking of uh, rest in peace. Uh, in fact, before we jump onto that bit, so what do you? What was your What was your impression of Anya as a character? So she, to be fair, she was she was that spoiled brat, and that was the bad thing about Xander. You had Willow, who was absolutely in love with him from grade school, um, and then he meets Buffy, falls in love with Buffy because he thinks that she's the best thing ever again, completely ignores Willow, then gets um, the most popular girl in school, somehow, starts going out with Cordelia, treats her appallingly, cheats on her with Willow, and then gets with Anya, who, again, has about as much sympathy as my little toe. She's just... No, she was in that for too long. Um, so and, and the reason the reason for um, the, the the character of Anya was because of Cordelia. So Cordelia uh, was taken out, and she obviously crossed over to Angel. So she moved to LA and went into Angel um, from season four. And uh, so she left Buffy in season three. Now, what they wanted to do is that they wanted to bring that char- kind of character back into it. Um, so they introduced Spike again. However. Because of Spike's um, likability factor and his attitude, and to be fair, there was an interview that I that I heard from James Masters himself, and he was like, "This was the direction that they wanted me to go in, but I wanted to go into this one. And if I didn't go into this one, they were going to kill me off like dead early." So I was like, "All right, okay, cool." So essentially, they they brought they brought Spike back into the series to kind of replace Cordelia with that witty kind of no filter thing but because he kind of created this character of himself if you will uh, they then introduced Anya and Anya was the filler for Cordelia because if you look there are there are quite a few comparisons if you look at Cordelia and, and Anya. A hundred percent and I mean um, for me I just sort of found her a little bit wooden and I think the she did have some good moments I'll give you that um, but the, the best sort of acting that I saw from her was obviously when she went to the frat party, killed a load of guys, um, and then she had to bring them back to life. But she also had to give up being a vengeance demon a second time round. But her punishment was that she had to give a life for a life. And she was prepared to give herself up. But she ended up giving up her best friend's life. She didn't know that was going to happen. And you can see the emotion on her face. And then she just wants to give up altogether. But then if you look at, so that talking about that character growth again, look at that. So uh, on, on one hand, you've got her openly wanting to go, right, I, I am prepared to give my life um, for the sake of these people, these men that I do not even know. Like I'm a vengeance demon. I've done this for centuries, for centuries, for over a thousand years. And I am willing to give my life up for these men that I do not know. She was willing to do that. Now, rewind a few seasons. Would she have done that? Definitely not. Not at all. And that just shows how much she grew. I personally think Anya had the best character growth in the whole entire series. What did you think? What did you think to her death? Uh, So I have mixed emotions about her death. 
Um, so her death, obviously, it tore me to pieces because I was like, but it's, she's my favourite. But at the same time, uh, because it was so quick and so sudden, I was like, she deserved more. However, yeah. looking, obviously doing like, loads, like looking at, list, sorry, listening to loads of different interviews and things like that with, uh, with Joss Whedon, um, it, there was a reason behind it. There was a reason for him to do that. And his reasoning was that he just wanted to, to, to have it quick and sudden to show that the, the to show the seriousness of the situation and, and to yeah. show how 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 quick something like that could have happened rather than like taking time it, it was going it was going to do it like that um funny funny little fact for you though as well it was originally supposed to be Xander so Xander was originally going to die um in place of Anya um, however, Joss Whedon changed his mind at the last minute because he wanted the original Scooby Gang uh, to be alive right at the end. But yeah, originally it was supposed to be Xander who died. And another fun fact about uh, Xander as well, it was originally supposed to be Xander that uh, was going to be gay, uh, which you can tell early on in the seasons because they kind of played on his, uh, well, they, they, they kind of put this um, homosexuality kind of, aura about him there was an episode earlier on as uh, in uh, season two where uh, they're, they're toying with an episode where he's supposed to be coming out of the closet and um, or somebody it, it's not turns out that it's not him and obviously yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's the it's the jock and um, however in that episode they were like basically insinuating it and he was originally going to be Xander um, and when they finally decided on Willow and um, to being gay Originally, uh, Joss Whedon really wanted to make Willow uh, bisexual uh, rather than gay. And the reason for that was purely because of the fact that, um, that there was not enough bisexual representation in TV series and, and film. Um, so he wanted, to, he wanted to do that. He wanted to um, represent them in that type of way. Um, Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go on on that um it's good though because he was very subtle with how he did it you look at the episode i think in season two um where you see dark willow where you know vampire willow comes over and um you even she even makes a statement at the end of it where willow original willow says i think i might be gay um yes. and yeah. you start to see sort of the seeds sort of planted and and it's weird when you look at it now after re-watching it to be like there it is. I see that yeah. now. So the episode uh, earlier on is in the season three. It's uh, called The Wish. And uh, she, uh, there's Vampire Willow. And Vampire Willow is uh, is brought into, obviously brought because of Anya uh, or Anyonka, uh, as, uh, as her demon name is. And um, so they they brought Vampire Willow into the, into the world. And uh, Human Willow saw her. And uh, when they when she said that she she'd seen her vampire herself, they said how what what was she like? And she went, uh, I think she's, I think I'm kind of gay. Uh, and it was kind of an echo to what it would what it would turn into. And then obviously that was repeated again when she went dark. So at the end of season six, uh, when we saw Dark Willow, uh, we 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 saw the fact that she was uh, that she said that um, was it was it that? Am I making that completely up? I'm we've seen Vampire Willow twice because yes. we've got yeah. Oh yeah, the, I think I think I might be kind of gay was just the, re the the reference that she might turn gay, and actually that was it. So I actually I completely mi mixed my tracks uh, tracks up there, and um, but yeah. So 
there is, there is two things and there is a link to that episode as well which i'll talk talk about but the um the original uh, call forward if you will rather than a call back was the fact that um she said oh i think I'm, i think i'm kind of, i think i might be gay uh, or i think i'm kind of gay and that was obviously a call forward to her being gay um mm. on the tv series uh, the other the other call forward as well was um vampire willow uh, before she killed somebody it might have been oh no she it was just a quote of hers she kind of going forward now like that yeah. and that was a call forward uh, to uh, season six when she's dark willow um and she when she's just about to flay what's his name uh i was gonna say andrew but it's not um no it's not Somebody in the comments will be able to tell Warren. me what his name is. Warren, that's it. it. Warren. So, um, so, yeah, so she's just about to play Warren, uh, and she says, "Board now, and it's a call forward to, an, obviously, Vampire Willow. And Angel made a remark at the end of the Wish episode, or not the Wish episode, Doppelgangland episode, that um, it's actually the vampire, per- like the person who becomes the vampire, actually pulls forward traits of their actual self. So... If she's kind of gay, it obviously made sense that she turned gay because, you know, because of that call forward. So yeah, um, what, 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 which episode, which character, which scenes, which whatever, would you be able to relate more to life, if you will? Oh my god, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know because I think you can pull something from every single season, so. There's one where it's the first episode and you see Willow, Xander and Buffy come together and it's really cute because they use it again on the final episode. So three of them are walking off and Giles is stood in the school grounds and he was like, the world is doomed. And he says the exact same thing when when Willow, Buffy and Xander and Giles are joined together um, before they go and fight the first and they sort of separate and they say, what should we do tomorrow? And then Giles just stands there and goes, the, the world is definitely doomed. And you kind yeah. of have that nostalgia because you always think of, you know, how you were years ago and then you sort of bring it back and you're like, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, there's something from every single season. I mean, you have sort of, when you're, at, when you're at high school, you always try and fit in. And, and I think Buffy always managed to nail that um, with how, you know, different characters develop. So, you know, you have, um, I can't remember the other one now, the really small one. Um, Jonathan? Jonathan. You know, you have Jonathan where he, there's that really, you know, shocking episode where he goes to commit suicide. And, yes. you know, I think, everyone can relate to where they've known someone who has felt that way um and you have there's one episode as well where there's a girl that feels invisible so she actually turns invisible and again yeah. i think these are the sort of themes that when you watch it it, it was making people at home feel a different way about themselves and going you know you might feel like this but other people feel like this as well um and again, every single season, there's every there's, there's always a theme that you can relate to as a person. Um, again, you've got Willow in season six um, when she is doing too much magic and she gets addicted. You can, again, relate that to if you know a friend who is, you know, doing too, ma- too many drugs. And, you know, you can sort of see how you can support them through how 
Xander and Buffy as supporting Willow. Um, and it's it's just, I like the fact that you've always got that friendship theme there as well, because let's be honest, Buffy would not have managed to survive if it was not for Willow and Xander. And again, no. that's the sort of constant theme that's that, that sort of where we're told that because you look at the first Slayer, she was chained up. She was given that magic where she was strong and she was left to fight it because the men didn't want to save the world. They wanted this female to do it. And that was how the Slayer was to continue. You, you never heard of a Slayer that had any friends um, to help her defeat evil until Buffy. And the best part is Buffy was the one that then awoke all of the other Slayers to make it so that she wasn't the only one. So, yeah. yeah sorry. No, no, that's brilliant. Uh, I think uh, one of the main themes that obviously gets picked up on now, I think the thing is, is that with so many people obviously wanting to do a rewatch of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they're obviously uh, picking out certain themes and things like that that kind of resonate with themselves. And there are the, the way that Joss has written the TV series to be relatable to everyday life is is unbelievable. I mean, the the going down to details such as like the the monsters and the vampires and the demons and things like that. They are embodies, or they they embody like human emotions and things like that. So obviously, you hit the nail on the head with obviously when Willow uh, is addicted to to doing magic and getting more powerful magic and all that, like she gets worse and worse and worse. And you know that is related to drug abuse and drug addiction, or just addiction in general. Uh, so it may not just necessarily be drug. There's obviously alcohol addiction and things like that. You know, with the relationship between uh, Willow and Oz uh, very early on. It was the fact that, um, that a man can be a beast at times and can you love him through that? I think one of the major themes that obviously people pick out on as well is the patriarchy, where man is better than woman. And obviously Joss has always wanted to kind of break that down and, and you know be very, very mindful of the patriarchy. And I think um, with certain episodes, there's an episode, uh, so the fresh, is it the freshman? No, it's not the freshman. It's, it's early on, though, in the, in the season. I think it's season three. Um, and uh, Buffy and Cordelia get captured by uh, a bunch of frat people, and they're chained up in the basement, and they they are going to sacrifice them to a lizard man. And the lizard man gives all the, the, the uh, students... Uh, money, uh, anything they basically want, uh, so that it keeps that it keeps them going. And it's the fact that it's that callback to the patriarchy where um, man is better than woman. Woman needs to be sacrificed. And Joss is always reminding us of the patriarchy and how you know women are supposed to be. They're supposed to be lower than men. Uh, and obviously we see things like that in everyday life where obviously there's the pay gap between men and women and things like that. Uh, and obviously the whole women's rights uh, and women want, obviously wanted to stand up for themselves. And um, so Joss is reminding the world that the patriarchy exists, but obviously in his magical kind of world. Uh, but Buffy is always there to smash the patriarchy. And I think that, that for me is one of the, the the greatest things, and it's something that can be related to to so much. And to be fair, you do kind of educate yourself as well with things like patriarchy and with drug abuse and and, and alcohol abuse, and obviously domestic violence and all of that, all of those themes and loss and grief and how to deal with loss and grief and things like that. Buffy's mum is is prime example where we see Anya completely breaking down because she doesn't understand coming to terms with 
you know, your fate and what you should do and what is right and what is wrong. And yes, okay, sometimes the lines get blurred, but ultimately we know what is right and what is wrong. And, you know, it's, it's healthy for us to challenge that as well. A hundred percent. And I think as well, because um, I do feel we need to talk about this part, is the relationship that Giles and Buffy has. It's not your stereotypical watcher, um, you know, watcher slayer relationship. It is your father-daughter bond. And I think yeah. the, the probably one of the most emotional episodes for me was when Buffy was due to turn 17 and she had to do the exam set out by the Watchers Council yeah. where she stripped of her powers and put in with this mega vampire. And you see at the end of the episode just how betrayed Buffy is. And when, even though Giles goes to save her, she can't have him anywhere near her. And it's only right at the end where Giles is then sacked and... Buffy just stares at the guy and he's like, you need to leave, otherwise when my strength comes back, I'm killing you. And is, yeah, I think because the comment that the Watchers Council made to Giles um, was that uh, Quentin, I want to call him Quentin, uh, but they, they, the Watchers Council says to Giles that um, you have a fatherly love for the child and that's what makes Buffy look up um, and she just looks at him um because obviously we know uh, that Buffy lacks that father figure. A hundred percent. And, you know, th there's other episodes as well. We look at when Glory dies because obviously Glory and Ben are the same person. And it's really interesting because Tara's obviously gone mental through what Glory's done to her. And before they leave to go and battle Glory, um, Tara stops, looks at Giles and says, kill her. Now, mm when the final battle's done and Giles goes up to Ben and says, you and Glory need to disappear. No, Buffy says that to Ben. Giles then comes over two minutes later and says, she can never take human life. But unfortunately for you, I can. And again, he takes that burden for her. And you yeah. look at the difference between, you know, Faith and you look at the difference between Buffy, but you also look at the difference between Giles and Wesley. Wesley was you know prim and proper he didn't want that fatherly figure he wanted to make sure that Buffy did what she said and what she was going to do and if he wasn't happy with it he was going to try and punish her and constantly Buffy would say to Giles can I kill him can I hit him can I do this because she always went back to her fatherly figure yeah. so hi uh, Alan. Alan yeah Alan's popped up uh, and Alan says uh Lisa so I'm assuming that's obviously hi Lisa don't say hi to me. Oh, there we go. There we go. We've just seen it. It's just popped up. I was about to say thanks for saying hello to me. Uh, but there we go. There's my uh, there's my comment from Alan as well. Uh, thank you. Uh, Alan uh, has just said that he's been watching as well. So he's watching. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Buffy has a very, very strong relationship with Giles. Um, and, you know, she, she does look at him as a father and he looks at her as a daughter. And, you know, there is there is that dynamic there as well. Um, and he is her protector and she is his protector. The two go hand in hand. You mentioned, obviously, Faith before and with Faith being basically the, the, the yin to her yang, like she, they're completely polar opposites of people, uh, of each other. So Buffy is all like the, the righteousness and, you know, the, the having the honour and not wanting to do anything that against the humanity and knowing what's right and what's wrong, whereas 
faith was there to kind of blur those lines. And it's funny, funny that you actually bring her up as well. And so faith was actually brought into the episode, uh, into the series, season three, which obviously is the season of uh, Doppelgangland, which is obviously where Willow's uh, vampire twin comes about. And it's all about, I think season three was a lot about the, the, the light and dark uh, and the, the polar opposites. You had the introduction to um, Ethan Rain, which was obviously Giles's um, like doppelganger, if you will. Uh, so there was a lot of polar opposites in uh, in season three, and obviously Faith was introduced. Faith is another one of my great characters, and I think that she had a great. If she was in the season uh, in the series a bit longer, and we saw that character growth. I mean, you would know more because obviously you saw you saw Angels when she left um, Sunnydale and she went to over to LA. Um, you would have seen that episode, and I've not seen that episode. That's one that I haven't seen. Um, but yeah, I mean, Faith as a as a as a character grew so so much. Um, and I think the turning point for her was when she did the whole switcheroo uh, with Buffy, and she saw what Buffy's life was, was and uh, and why it was why she had to look at the world as right and wrong. And you know, Buffy wasn't just the person that you know was just I am self righteous and I'm going to save the world. She wanted to do it because it was it was right, and uh, you you see her taking the mick out of Buffy like right early on in that episode where she's like uh, taking the mick out of her going because it's wrong because it's wrong and she does it over and over again because uh, she she finds it really really funny she laughs internally about it but then right at the end of the episode um, she battling with a church full of uh, full of vampires and they say um, uh, why should we stop and then she says with full determination because it's wrong and she really believes i just got chills uh, but she really really believes it she believes that it's wrong uh, 100%, so a 100% and you kind of you fall in love with her a little bit more when you watch her in angel because there's a massive battle between Faith and Buffy, where Buffy literally just wants to beat the hell out of her. And Angel's like, no. Um, they then end up having a massive fight with someone else. And, um, and Faith manages to escape. And Buffy gets really angry with Angel to say, why are you doing this? Why are you protecting her? It's you. You love me, not her. And um, they end up going to the police station and Faith's actually handed herself in. Um, which we then later see back in season seven where um, Faith's sort of, Faith's in prison and then a prisoner is then attacking her with a knife. And she's like, what the hell, where did you get that? Where'd she get that from? Um, but another really interesting episode in Angel, which again makes you really fall in love with the Faith character is where she just screams at Angel to kill her because she's evil. She views herself as evil. She torments herself so much, which again is another good, good theme we sometimes as people when we look at ourselves um mentally we we view ourselves in a negative light and that's what joss did with with faith in angel and it was great to see that character development in in angel and say you're not evil but you do need to sort of right your wrongs and it isn't going to take two minutes it's not going to take a day it's going to take years as um i mean you you you, you obviously touched on the fact that um with with regards to um, faith, it was that self-doubt, it was that self-saboteur, if you will. That links really, really nicely with an episode that we've got coming up uh, in the next few weeks uh, where I get a, a mental health uh, advocate um, on board and they talk about uh, self-doubt and actually mental health and, you know, 
that inner saboteur telling you that you know you're not good enough and that you're not worthy um, and that'll be a really good episode for those who are interested in uh, mental health to come on board and listen um, but for the listeners right now and for the people at home uh, that will watch this afterwards because guys it's Facebook Live. It saves. You can watch it again. You know, if you've watched half an hour now, watch half an hour later. It's completely your choice. Um, but, yeah, for the guys that are watching uh, later on or for the guys that are watching now, what would be your takeaway thing um, for Buffy in general, uh, for obviously getting people to watch it, but then also to talk about those kind of themes that they want to relate? You know, what 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 should they take away from Buffy that they can go forward with in their own life? What are the lessons that we learn from Buffy? Lisa. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you were asking everyone else. I was like, why are you just No, I'm asking um, you a question, Lisa. It's all oh, right. I'm sorry. I had like a long <laughs> what, day what would you um, what would you say people should take away with uh, in their life and what should be a lesson that Buffy teaches? So like what has Buffy taught you that you can do in life as our oh, as our end for today? It's definitely like never give up because you can be in that darkest place in your life. And we saw that time and time again throughout the seasons, but she always won. And, and it goes to show that, you know, as long as you have that, surround yourself with good people, you look at sort of, there are only three consistent characters apart from Buffy. That is Giles, that is um, Willow, and that is Xander. We didn't even really talk about Xander, but they're no. all <laughs> Um, they're set, such cons um, consistent figures in Buffy's life and, and they give her hope and they're the reason that she continues to fight and she even says in an episode they are my reason for getting up um, and, and literally even when Dawn's brought in it's ultimately always her friends that she does this for because they are her family when her mum dies it's always her friends that she's fighting for no matter what even when they turn on her and again that's you can do stuff in your life where people will turn on you it's it's going to happen but that doesn't mean that you give up and you always have hope no matter what you're not going to be saving the world but you are going to be living your life and you know it is a reason to sort of get up in the morning and, and continue living well done well done that's really really nice i think uh i think it really what you just said right at the end then like continue living i think that ties in really really nicely with season five's uh finisher quote um and that was uh, what was the final season five? Season five oh quote. my god, when she um, oh lord, that's gonna really bother me now because you live as, as, as soon as you said, like, uh, you got to carry on living. Uh, yeah. that's I thought, oh my gosh, that quote would be brilliant, uh, to kind of end the show with. Um, but yeah, it she basically just says, um, the world, the world is hard and it's going to be hard, but it's the way that you that you deal with it afterwards and that's what counts and uh, you've got to keep living and I think you know you, you as I say you, you tied up the ending really really well with that so never give up guys and you've got to keep on living and um, live for Buffy and for us because we love you as well and we so do. guys uh, that brings us to the end of uh, today's show we have reached just over an hour uh, so thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Lisa, um, thank you so much for participating on my pilot episode of Spill It. Did you enjoy spilling the tea today on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I 100% did. And honestly, if anyone wants to do it, please do it, because Marcus is a fantastic host. Um, it was genuinely 
such a good experience to do this. So please, please, please reach out to him. Thank you. Emily, uh, save the day. Uh, thank you, Emily, the chosen one. Emily, you will now be called the Slayer because you are, you have saved us all. Uh, with the quote there, the hardest thing yeah. in this world is to live in it. Uh, which I think really, really ties up, ties this episode up really, really nicely. Um, so, yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we have got... So, next week's show, uh, we have got uh, a member of the LGBTQ plus community jump, uh, jumping on and spilling the tea with me um, and talking about transgender rights. Um, so, please, I hope that you do tune in next week and we will talk about everything to do with LGBTQ+. You now know how all this works as well, so if you drop a comment, we will openly discuss it as well. So, don't forget as well, guys, that if you have uh, joined my uh, joined my live today, make sure that you are jumping onto my page, Spill It, uh, on Facebook. So, you can see at the bottom, uh, it's www.facebook.com forward slash Spilling It. Uh, you can jump on the live there. Uh, oh, sorry, you can jump on the page there. You can give it a like and follow, and you can keep up to date with all of our episodes. Um, the schedule for July's show, yes, I have a schedule because I've been very, very busy. I have uh, guests all the way through July, and they will be uh, they will be up on the, my schedule uh, later this week. Um, but thank you so much, guys. Uh, once again, my name is Marcus. Thank you for joining in and spilling the tea with me. Uh, thank you, Lisa, if you'd like to say goodbye uh, yourself, Lisa. Thank you, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Take care and see you again soon. Bye.